House Flipping HQ podcast, episode four. This, this, this is the House Flipping HQ podcast. Strategies, techniques, and inside secrets of house flipping from today's top house flipping experts. House flipping, house flipping HQ. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Now, let's get flipping with your host, Justin Williams. Hey, hey, house flipping nation. Welcome to yet another episode of the House Flipping HQ podcast. Today, I'm super excited to have our guests, Daryl Kukan and Imran Clark with us today. How's it going, guys? It's going fantastic. Awesome as always, Justin. Daryl and Imran have been investing together since 2009. During that short period of time, they flipped well over 100 houses and counting. Kukin and Clark Partners' focus has been mainly and still is on short sales, but recently they've really dove into subject to deals as well, as they've told me. And we're really excited. We'll be talking some more about those uh, later on in the show. They've also recently taken over the very well-known and established SDIC uh, Real Estate Investment Club in San Diego, which I've attended that club. I I went to the very first meeting they went to. I was there. And... It's a phenomenal club. I've spoken there a couple times, and I actually will be speaking there again next month. So that's pretty exciting, and we'll go into that in a little more detail later on in the show as well. So Daryl and Imran, I've covered a little bit about the success you guys have had in such a short period of time. Why don't you guys dive in a little more into the details on how you got started in your house flipping career, and a little more about your business and and how you've become so successful in such a short period of time. Absolutely. You know, first, we just want to thank you for having us on. You know, I I feel honored and uh, how impressed we are as well. I mean, you've done over 100 houses in just the last 12 months. Um, That's very impressive by itself. And so we're honored to even have you come to the San Diego Investment Club and uh, and educate some of our our guests on business systems and, and how to run an efficient business. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Um, and just everything else you're, you're putting out there right now, we really appreciate uh, you having us as a part of it. Uh, we've been following you as well and, and your blogs and podcasts and uh, your website, uh, the quality people that, that you bring. You've got um, just a, a couple of dozen of, of folks already that are you know putting their stories and their how-tos and, and what they're doing with investing. And, and uh, it just covers the gamut Incredible people. They're giving real information, uh, you know, not charging anything, the nitty gritty, really what's going on on the streets out there. And, you know, I'm learning reading from these guys, too. So, you know, and gals um, love what you're doing and happy to be a part of it. So thanks, Justin. You guys are too kind. For for the record, I did not pay them anything to say that. <laughs> right. And we're still <laughs> waiting for that that first deal, right? <laughs> That's right. We'll, we'll take care of that later on. Keep it on yeah, the yeah. download. Well, you know, before we jump into short sales and, and subject twos and talk about a deal that we're actually doing a brand new construction on, uh, just tell you a real quick brief background on, on both of us. Um, graduated high school, went to a couple of uh, classes at college, didn't really have any direction on where I wanted to go in life. Um, but I met my beautiful wife uh, early in life. We got married early. A few years later, we started having kids. And I was just working paycheck to paycheck, you know, job to job. Wasn't really happy. Uh, kind of 
found myself, I fell into a, a career path with um, property management. Did that for years and years and years. And then my wife became really sick. Um, but right before we got sick, everything was going great. We had a couple of kids. We bought our first house. You know, we were living the American dream. And uh, behind closed doors, though, it was uh, it was real stressful. You know, I was working three jobs trying to trying to keep the mortgage after it adjusted. Uh, wife got sick and we just couldn't do it anymore. I, I finally threw my hands up and we gave up. We moved down to California and we ended up living at my mother-in-law's house and my father-in-law's house just for a little while until we could get back on our feet. So jumped back into property management, had a place to live, got a paycheck, uh, was keeping our head above water and uh, it just wasn't enough for me. You know, I saw a sign on the side of the road. It was a yellow sign. It said, real estate investor seeks apprentice. <laughs> nice. And that kind of lit me on fire. Um, I started to read the book, Robert Kiyosaki, again, education. And it just started to put this information into my head that I'm realizing that I don't have to work for somebody else. After seeing... Uh, so property management, he owns a 500 unit apartment complex. So I was looking at the profit loss statement of this thing, looking at the budget and thinking this guy's making like a million dollars a year. Well, that's the guy I want to be. So from there, that's kind of where it started. That's where the bug started. And then from there ended up getting educated. And that's about where, uh, Imran and I met, uh, through the education program and, and, you know, he'll share his quick story as well. Yeah, so I, I started out on a little bit of a, a, a different tra trajectory than Daryl. Uh, you know, for me, it was a, kind of a, you know, the American dream, the way it was started was all about uh, you know, really capitalism and entrepreneurship and, and uh, you know, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps. And it's kind of turned into, for most people, I, I, I think the track that I went on, which is you go to school. And then you go to more school and basically trains you to go get a job and, and work for somebody else. Um, yeah. And, and I started to learn, well, I wanted to be that person. I wanted to be that somebody else that everybody else was working for. Absolutely. Right. And, and so I went the extreme route with this, uh, went uh, all the way through and got my PhD in, in biochemistry, molecular biology. Uh, ended up down in San Diego doing my, my postdoctorate. And just working insane hours, I uh, ended up in the uh, biotech industry. And this is a time when the economy was doing really well. And, and people are just talking about how phenomenal everything was. The real estate market was on the rise and, and it was just going faster and faster up. But I ended up in a situation where I kept losing jobs. Uh, you know, my industry was floundering. Co my company, one folded. Um, another one fired everybody before they went public with just a few people. And, Jeez. and here I am, you know, with a PhD, uh, and, and I can't get a freaking job, you know, <laughs> and, and I'm being taken advantage of the pay was really low in the beginning, especially if it went on an hourly basis, I'm working like 90 hours a week. Yeah. Kids started coming. I got married late in life, um, because I want to establish myself in a career so that kind of the wake up call to me was this is not the American dream. Uh, I'll, I'll work until the day I die and I won't have anything to leave my family. There'll be social security, which is going to be nothing but an ice cream cone on Sunday. <laughs> you know, uh, the 401k plans, say if you put your money, I watched it go up and down and up and down. And it's just like, Oh, that might break even maybe. So I, that's what put the bug in, in my butt to do something else. I, I looked at all kinds of uh, things, uh, you know, owning a franchise, starting my own biotech company, get, uh, getting into day trading, anything, but I wanted to be my own boss. And it was that purple book by Kiyosaki. 
Uh, not real heavy on actual content, but I think on just kind of a kind of a mind shift and seeing real estate as as a great vehicle to do it. Um, that really helped light the fire under my tuchus, and so I started to get educated, and and that's where Daryl and I bumped into each other at first. Is is we were uh, going through some of the same uh, you know programs and meeting the same people when we were beginning our education in real estate investing. So so that's kind of what got us together. So I have to ask, was it love at first sight or did it take a while? <laughs> well, there was an instant connection, but it took a, took a little while. Okay. Yeah. But you know, it was through these real estate clubs that we, we knew each other. That we knew we each other. Each other awesome. Right. But, but, but we didn't start working together until probably after a couple of years. And I can't tell you how many people I've met through real estate clubs that I either buy houses from or sell them to or have borrowed money from so it's a phenomenal way to meet people for sure great great resources absolutely awesome uh networking opportunities okay great so was there anything else regarding your your story that i kind of jumped in there a little bit i think you well so yeah i mean you know again got in struggles we could talk about struggles getting educated i suppose (laughs) i I landed my first uh, deal it was a it was some weird short sale slash it was a subject to i leased the property for a dollar and while we're doing the negotiations, I was able to rent it out. And one day, or actually one evening, it was my very first deal, by the way. Well, I shouldn't say deal. I should say opportunity because okay. it wasn't a deal. And, you know, it never actually ended up uh, yeah. coming to fruition. However, I saw this uh, house on TV with the SWAT team, and they blocked off a couple block radius of, <laughs> of this place. And this was up in Oceanside. And wow. I thought, well, that looks kind of familiar. Oh, I know that area. Oh, my God, that's my house. Whoa. So this was a house that was on the news, and it was a, a, a gang fight. And Whoa. at that point, I realized that that probably wasn't the strategy that I wanted to go, so was lease options. Uh, yeah, he, was, he realized it was going to be hard to market a house that had bloodstains on the front steps. Oh, man. Right. So uh, that was my first deal uh, as far as getting into that. But, um, you know, Imran, uh, he, well, go ahead and you talk real quick about your seven blocks. Well, yeah, this, so I'll, I'll talk about um, how I lost a lot of money, but that was part of the education process and did it because I didn't have the proper education. I, I was learning, uh, got way ahead of myself. Um, so even before I got into any kind of a formal program or meeting uh, uh, you know, investors with 30 years experience and all that, I tried on my own. My, my wife and I, Andrea, we got married. We moved into a condo. Uh, so that was the first home that we owned. Okay. And uh, we eventually, when we wanted to start having children, we upgraded to a house. And this was you know, in the sort of early, mid-2000s. Market was going up. So we, we got some equity in our condo, and we took that out as the down payment on the house. And nice. credit was easy, and we had W-2 jobs, so they were throwing money at there us. So go. we were borrowing like crazy, <laughs> right? Just leveraging like mad, but not wisely necessarily. And, and so we moved into a house and we kept the condo and rented it out. So I still have that condo. Uh, it was like, nice. that was actually a good investment. And that was my first real estate investment. So then I wanted to get out of my job so bad. And, and I got caught up in the whole, you know, fever that everybody was feeling in the sort of mid to late 2000s. And oh my gosh, I don't want to miss the boat. This is to be over. And I bit off more than I can chew, I realize now. And I ended up buying a, a sevenplex wow. that was in the worst part of town. Yeah, on thin margins, you know, it was like a couple hundred bucks a month cash flow negative or cash flow positive if everything worked out properly. Oh. And I'm like, oh, I can flip this and I can make 10 or 20 grand. Can you imagine? I 
the purchase price was eight sixty five, but the all in was something like nine hundred and thirty thousand. Wow. You know, after right, and and to be operating on those margins, and I mean, I wouldn't even do twenty grand. I wouldn't even do a fifty thousand dollar house for for ten or twenty it, grand. It's now. funny <laughs> you say that because yeah, I, I just wrote a post where you know I I made it was my case study last week where I made about twenty grand, but the all in was so little yeah. that it was a great deal. But I was yeah. like, be careful if you're buying a million dollar home, do not yeah. operate on that because. Something very small can happen and you can lose a lot of money. No, and I was betting on appreciation because that was what was what was happening. I was like, if anything, we can get out of this. Everything's appreciating. Yeah, well, that thing, um, I bought it, I had to close fast, so I had to close it with hard money. Can you imagine that? On a nine hundred thousand you know, property. And then I, I needed to refi out of that quick. Well, right when I went to refi is when the market started to crash. Wow. And so I, I did manage to refi, but I had to come in heavier. So long story short, that thing, uh, I owned it for five years. Uh, its best year was negative 15,000. Its worst year was negative 50 grand. And, wow. uh, and I did start kind of my own network marketing sales business on the side. On the side and I eventually had a $50,000 year in that. Wow. And I gave every single dollar of that to my sevenplex alligator wow. just to, just to keep that alive. So, so I ended up going through a bankruptcy Man. to get rid of that thing. Wow. Um, so, you know, and, and Daryl's got his own stories of how he kind of got to where we are, but it, it didn't come without, you know, a, a lot of pain and, and taking some hits that most people would give up on. You know, and, and that's just one of them. So, you know, we were forged through fire. So I, I love that you guys are being so open and vulnerable yeah. about your story because, you know, you see the gurus out there and they're all about, hey, you know, it's easy, it's simple, nothing to it. So I love that people can see, okay, look at where you are now and where you've come from. And that is so valuable for people who are looking to get into this business to see that. Sure. I mean, you know, I think Daryl should probably talk about, I mean, he ended up homeless for a while, actually Jeez. following this dream. So I'll let him speak to that. And then we'll get into, uh, yeah. you know, how we connected and started the okay, business. But it, um, same thing. I had the bug. Uh, I had a couple of deals in the pipeline. That was one of the first ones in the pipeline. I had a couple of more. And right about the time that Imran and I met through the networks and through, you know, real estate in general, um, we were doing the short sales. We put a couple of properties on uh, under contract. And unfortunately, you know, I was chasing the fast money, which mm-hmm. never, ever works. You know, uh, even wholesales, I wouldn't consider fast money. I mean, you still have to work yeah, at them. For sure. You, know how to make the deal. you have to know how to make the deal right. So with that said, uh, we, you know, we decided to do short sales and we can go into that in a minute. But uh, during during the process. the process of these short sales, there was no money to be made. You had to lock them up under contract. You have to start negotiating. Mm-hmm. It's a you know six month process back sure. when we got started. Sometimes up to a year. Well, I didn't have quite enough money to go that full year. So what I ended up doing was taking a student loan out for thirty thousand dollars, and I lived on that thirty thousand dollars for a year with my wife and my three kids. Wow. Creative financing. Wow. There you yeah. go. Creative financing. <laughs> Well, you know, and, and it was a really strict budget. You know, I knew that it was going to be thin margins for a while, but I knew for a fact that I was going to be making money at this business awesome. and I wasn't going to let anybody stop me from doing that. Well, my landlord ended up stopping me from living at my house and he ended up kicking us out because I hadn't paid rent for oh, three months. Man. And it was to the point where we were eating top ramen and, wow. you know, warm water for dinner. It was, it was pretty bad, but uh, we ended up liquidating everything in our house. Um, 
other than maybe a couple of things, you know, clothes and stuff that we needed. And we had garage sales. We gave stuff away and we left. We got out and I ended up sleeping at my mother-in-law's house with our three kids, my wife, who's still disabled, in their living room for several months until we finally closed our very first short sale. And we made 63. Well, the check was about (laughs) $68,000. We had somewhere around (laughs) $50,000. So a couple of weeks later, we packed up and we moved out. (laughs) So... um, it was a struggle, but it was, it was, I think it was worth it because it got us to where we are today. It's, you know, that story actually sounds kind of similar to mine. I had a satellite dish business in Utah, horrible partner. We realized we had $120,000 of debt and we needed to move to Bakersfield because that's where our business was. Almost overnight, we moved in with my wife's brother and his, you know, fiance and my brother lived there. It was, this was like the house of where everybody lived. And we lived in one little small bedroom. Our son slept in the closet. I mean, it was crazy. And we, anyway, why, I love it, man. It's just it's what you have to do sometimes to make it work in what this you business. Have to do it. You know, and, I, and we don't tell the story because obviously I don't want to brag because that's not really something to brag about. But we're hoping that we can connect with people and let people know that, you know, I mean, that's my struggle. But everybody's got their own struggle. For sure. So we just want to make sure that, you know, people don't give up and don't let other people decide your fate. And don't make excuses. You know, I mean, everybody's, you know, we get a lot of folks, well, you've got it easy. You've got this connection. You did this. And like, no, sure. you don't know, you know, one of us went homeless, you know, filed bankruptcy. <laughs> uh, you know, there's, there's other, there were bad partners in there being robbed blind. I mean, there, we, we went through it all. So people, there really is no excuse. Everybody's got their own hurdles to come over. And I've only seen a couple of people make it without those hurdles. And as soon as they run into a real struggle, they, they don't have the character or the coping skills to deal with it. I've seen them make a massive amount of money and lose it all because it was so easy at first. You know, people that have gotten to where they are by, you know, clawing their way, at least at some point can overcome, you know, they, they know how to deal with adversity and go around, th- you know, obstacles or over whatever it takes. For sure. you, you figure out a way. But I don't yeah. want people to be scared either. I mean, for example, Imran, if you would have been going to clubs like the one you guys currently have, uh, you would not have been speculating like you were, and you would have known That's your numbers. True. You would have known not to buy on those margins. So it's all about taking action, but get a little bit of education first, then take the action and try to minimize your risk. Absolutely. We're not encouraging people to um, cause, you know, major drama that, that'll come naturally. Yeah. 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 Don't, throw, don't take your family out on the street and, you know, um, and actually if, if there's anything that I could looking back have done differently, it would have been finding the right groups of people, the right networks, these clubs, which, you know, they were out there, but I hadn't found them yet. I didn't, I didn't realize sure. how much was available yeah. And how accessible these, these people were that came later. If I had that earlier on, it would have been great. Isn't it so. like this, like almost like an underground secret group. I mean, I didn't even know about it for two years and all sounds like, Whoa, this is crazy. All, all the free yeah, or valuable like content. That yeah. kind of sounds like the same thing. And, and you know, people think it's an underground group. Apparently I'm not doing my marketing correctly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. So, all right. So there's been, Really good stuff. I think it's important that people realize it's not even. Well, I think it's so interesting, Daryl, is you went basically from rags, I don't want to say to riches, but overnight, I mean, all of a sudden you close this deal. So it's not easy, but I promise you, if you stick with it, it will be worth it. That's at least my experience. 
It is absolutely worth it. I mean, right now I'm living in my dream home up in San Marcos. We've got ocean views. We've got enough bedrooms for all the kids to have their own bedrooms. (laughs) So, and and I'm not doing this for me. And I, you know, I, I do this for my family. Um, I do this for the time freedom. Um, although I love what I do and and I say time freedom and I still work, you know, 30 to 60 hours a week, Uh but it's not because I have to choose to, it's because I want to, and I choose to do that. And it's because it's something that I love to do. Um, you know, we, we met back in again through these networking clubs, we met back in probably 2006, seven, uh, eight, you know, and then 2008, we connected even more and, uh, we ended up at Deborah and Misha, which were also some uh, friends of ours who went to the same education program. They had been doing short sales for about a year hmm. and they came down to San Diego for a little class and we decided to go meet up with them at the class. Well, here, I'll let you tell the story because. Yeah, you know, Daryl and I, we, you know, we, we knew that um, based on, uh, you know, what we'd been educated on and where our, our strengths were, short sales was it. But uh, they're they're hard, you know. Mm-hmm. They That's take a long time. Too. They they and, are very hard. Yeah, so so we were going. We had the shiny object syndrome and and wanted the quick money, mm-hmm. and we're going after what seemed like uh, easier, faster money, uh, which of course everybody else is going after, and that turned out to be the white rabbit. Mm-hmm. So we were kind of spread out. Let's say that we were trying everything, and so Mish and Deb came down. Uh, we knew them. They'd been focused on short sales for a year. And they were turning these things over and making thirty, sixty, eighty thousand dollar profits on each one of their flips. Wow. And we sat there, and that's you know we had several light bulbs that had gone off previously and switches that flipped. But there's a moment when that big switch flips, where you really go through a paradigm shift, and that that's like this is what we're doing, no matter what. And we yes. looked at that and we said we know how to do this already. Why are we wasting our time in anything else? So I, it was literally that night. That was like an evening seminar. And we went straight to Denny's, call our families, don't expect us home. And we were up <laughs> until like four in the morning. And we put together our business plan at Denny's. And we had set a goal that by the end of the month, we were going to have, I think it was 20 houses under solid exclusive contract. And in 30 days, we got like 22, 23 under contract. That's, awesome. That's the other thing. People say, well, well, I tried this. I tr- I'm like, how many times did you try a deal? Exactly. I've got one. I'm like, no, nah, no. Nah. Go out there and just load your pipeline. So that was the first thing we did. And, you know, it might even have been you, Justin, described this as bumper <laughs> cars. You kind of pick a direction. Uh, you don't want to go blind, but you don't want to get analysis paralysis either. You want to get in there. And the only way you're going to really, really learn is by doing. And you're going to kind of bump your way along and forge your path. And uh, so that's as soon as we did that is when we got massively successful. We focused and, and just decided this is what we're going to do no matter what. Love yeah. it. Let's dive into the meat now. Talk about, first of all, explain what a short sell is for those who don't know. And then explain quickly the process. You know, We could talk about it for an hour, but let's go over quickly what the process is and how you guys use that in your business to buy houses and flip properties. Sure. Well, I'll start out, you know, short sales are basically when the home is worth less than what the mortgage amount is owed on it. Plain and simple. It's uh, a short payoff is what we call it when we actually purchase the property because the bank is getting shorted the extra money that they're needed in order for a full payoff. So uh, the process of a short sale is really marketing. You start out marketing. 
Uh, people call you, connect with them, get an appointment, you sit down, and then you sign uh, realtor docs, purchase contracts, and there's a lot more contracts involved in short sales. And the thing is, each bank now, back then they didn't have this. When we first got started, the banks, uh, they didn't even know what a short sale was. However, I remember. <laughs> they do now, and because people are listening now, you can log on to chase.com or you can go to Bank of America, and you can actually download their what they call the short sale package. It's got a checklist of items that the bank needs in order to process the short sale. Some of it includes pay stubs, bank statements, taxes, those kinds of things, along with all of the realtor documents that are needed, purchase contracts and disclosures. Yeah. And I'll, I'll link up to that in the show notes too. For anybody listening, you can go back and get that link. Yeah, it, it's very much um, everything that people had uh, you know, filled out and disclosed in order to apply for their loan. Uh, you can think of it as you're unapplying for a loan. And they're going to analyze all the same financials. But now that in, instead of seeing that you qualify, they want to see that you don't qualify and it doesn't make sense. So you're, you're unapplying for a loan. Okay, great. Right. That's pretty much what a short sale is. So we go through the process of a short sale and the bank has no idea how much the property is worth. So well, they, they think they do. They, they think they do. They go on Zillow and they think, well, yeah. it's worth $350,000. Well, you haven't seen the house yet. Why don't you send an appraiser. Uh, what they'd like to do is send what's called a BPO or a broker's price opinion. And all that is, is a real estate agent that goes out and they value the house, which then in turn, the bank thinks that that's what the value of the house and is. And they do it based on comps. You know, and it's important to, you know, the, the ones that we are really interested in are the ones that are going to be fixers, right? Or, you know, they have problems. You know, sure. you're not always fixing something physical. We've, we've, done a lot of quiet title and messed up uh, title situations or family oh, situations, but something that's prohibitive from a normal retail buyer wanting to buy this property. Yeah. So problem properties. And, and so you've got to help the lender that's being shorted, see what the problems are. Um, I mean, if their title foreclosure might get them out of it, depends what it is, you know, but, but you know, a fixer, the banks get to inherit all the problems of this property. So, so that's really the, the key. What we've also found out is, is there's thresholds that banks uh, have. And they have, basically, it's a left side of the screen and a right side of the screen. If they go on the left side, it shows what they're going to make if they foreclose on the property. On the right side of the screen, there's a, a formula and a calculation that shows what they would make if they short sold the house, let's say to us at this uh, particular price. Most of the time, because we understand what these formulas are, most of the time we can get those approvals to come in pretty close to our original offer price. Awesome. There's a process and a system that goes along with this. And, and one of the main, and I'm going to say the most, the, the key to the short sale and getting your price is you have to be there when that appraiser or that BPO shows up at that house and you have got to have all of your ammunition with you, including all the repairs. If there's mold in the house, make sure the mold reports are there. Um, if there's foundation issues, make sure that they're very aware of the foundation issues property inspection reports. And these are all things that we'll spend money up front. Most people won't do that. And I would say, the, yeah, again, the key to a successful short sale is making sure that that BPO appraiser understands the real value of the property so they can portray that to the bank. For sure. And what I found out when I did short sales was if I did not do that, I was hurting the homeowner because exactly. there was a good chance they would lose their home to foreclosure. So it, it's really important, like you said. And these guys aren't inspectors. So you need to help them understand, hey, if there is an expensive item, you need to make sure they understand that. So, Yeah. Well, I'm glad you brought that up. You know, in all of this, um, 
you know, you got a lot of people looking to make some money. The agents, right? They, the agents are getting, want their commissions. An investor wants to get something that makes sense they can make money off of. But really, the number one most important person or people in this transaction are the sellers, right? Yeah. And, and they feel, you know, for the most part, you know, they're overwhelmed. They feel that they're, you know, things aren't in their control. And the truth is, uh, you know, and this is another key to, to doing well in this business is the sellers actually have the most control of anybody, even if they don't realize it. I mean, the bank is just approving or not approving on something, but the seller really controls who the buyer is going to be, you know, who the agents are going to be, whether they want to do a short sale or not, you know, how th you know, they're going to present themselves to the bank. Are we doing a loan mod? Are we doing a short sale? Whatever. So they have a lot more control than they think. And so they've got to be able to trust you. They're going to guide them. And like you, like you said, they're trusting you to get this done. They, they, in a short sale, they have different needs than a regular seller. And so you've got to really focus on what those needs are for them. Okay. Right. And it's not necessarily how much they're going to sell their house for. It's like, you know, how are they going to get out of this situation um, the best that they can? So, so help them do that. And yeah, with the valuation, like you said, it's these appraisers on short sales or the BPOs, uh, you know, the banks just, they pay them so little, they send them out there, they're in the house for five minutes, you know, they take their 20 pictures and they're out. And on problem properties, we're not trying to uh, pull the wool over anybody's eyes. What we're trying to do, my dream appraisal is 100% uh, informed and thorough and totally unbiased. I don't want them to be biased to me. I don't want them to be biased to the bank. But that's actually what you're fighting out there. Absolutely. And I've you know? heard of guys who will go in and if there's granite, they'll take it out. And Now, that is just completely no. wrong, right? No, so it, I want to make sure everyone knows we're not wrong. talking about that here. No, what we're doing is... Um, you know, there's no free lunch. We spend the money up front. Um, I, I don't know why other investors don't do this. Other buyers don't. You know, they wait for short sale approval and then they go run all their inspections and find all the trouble in the house yeah. and then try to renegotiate. Do it up front. Get all these inspections. If it looks like it warrants a foundation or engineering report, pay for it. If it looks like it's got mold, pay for it. You know, if you need to get it, if you think there's problems with the roof, get a third party licensed person who has, you know, no other you know, investment in this property to write up a report and tell you, you know, what it is. And then all we do is, you know, we show up or, we, you know, the agent shows up that's selling the house with all these reports in hand. The appraiser comes over, shut the door behind them and make sure they take the dime tour, point to this, point to that. And, you, you know, so they can see, wow, that looks damaged. They can see it with their own that's eyes. Right. And you say, take a picture of that. Here it is in the report. I even tell them, you know, this, this contractor says it costs this much, but you know what? Don't use our price. You're an appraiser. You guys have a book for like low, middle, yeah. high end houses. Use your own number. Just get it in there. Totally. You know, okay. so great. great. Uh, and we spent a lot of time on that because that actually is so important. For sure. And that, that's how you get realistic numbers. And I actually um, am just finishing a case study that you guys, I don't know if you know this, but your case study should go live today. I'll probably send it over to you for, to you for approval. And I don't know if you know, I, that's part of a great part thing about having a great team. I don't know if you know Miriam sent that over to me or not, but <laughs> <laughs> probably. <Thank you. laughs> yeah. But yeah. one of the things that I pointed out was that the seller, as to where you mentioned, normally a seller is looking only at price. The reason the seller probably picked you guys, I mean, they aren't getting that equity anyway. So the reason they probably picked you guys is it was a referral 
And it sounds like they were told these guys know what they're doing. They will have the most likelihood of helping you get this deal done without your home going into foreclosure. That's exactly it. They want somebody that's going to be willing to take on a problem house that's going to stick through it. Um, and it's educated and knows what they're doing. Yeah, you know, and and we'll we'll help them out if you know if the bank doesn't kick in anything for some seller incentive, which they sometimes do, sometimes don't. These people are in in some you know tough financial straits, so we'll help them move, you know, and 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 pay for moving trucks and packing and all that, and um, you know, it's part of what you do as a service as an investor. Awesome. I think so. As as far as solving problems for homeowners, I think that's the key. You know, making sure that that they get out uh, of the of the transaction of what they need. Yeah, and I think just uh, on short sale process, um, just the 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 technical meat and potatoes. It's so different now than it was four years ago. For sure. Um, so I don't even know if it's worth talking about what we did four years ago. I mean, <laughs> now you've got to be super arm's length. Uh, when we do these, I mean, if there's a relationship and, and, or we make an offer on some fence on the MLS, which is rare, but maybe an agent's making an offer for us or an agent comes to us with a problem property, you've already got different brokerages set up, but we do get uh, sellers that come directly to us. We do direct marketing, these folks, and they're not represented by an agent. And, and I see a lot of people double and triple ending in their brokerages. I stay away from that personally. I just think it's a legal quagmire. So I, I, I am a licensed broker, um, but I am not going to, I don't want to represent anybody in a transaction where I'm buying a house. So, sure. so we put this seller with a different brokerage and who's going to do their best to represent them. I mean, you know, we've even had uh, that broker tell us if we were taking too long or he thought he was, you know, we weren't serving the seller's needs. Uh, if you need the first person to slap us and say, guys, you've got to do this or you got to do something because I've got to make sure the seller gets served. So, so put them with somebody that's going to look out for the seller's best interest. Um, and we don't even rep ourselves, yeah. you know, so we keep it very, very arm's length. And that's so important these days. It is. Really I, I, it always was. But when, really, when I yeah. started short sales, kind of how you guys were saying six and a half years ago, no one even knew what it was. I would work with the homeowner and tell the bank, Hey, this is what I'm willing to pay. And there was no realtors involved. And, it's a whole nother animal, which is part of the reason why it's not my main focus, but <laughs> you guys seem to be staying up with the times and that's great. Well, we do. In, in a nutshell, we've, we've created our business over the last several years and we've created systems, you know, and, and that's why I really respect you and, and how you run your business. It's really all about systems. Um, we do the marketing. We put it under contract uh, with a different listing agent that, that, again, represents the sellers. We have our own buyer's agent. And the person that we let represent the sellers is also a professional negotiator for short sales. So we know that by handing the whole short sale package off and kind of handing it off, this is our team. Again, this is part of building your team as well, which we didn't go into, but you've got to have a really good solid team. So he negotiates. It takes anywhere from two to four or five, six months to finish negotiating. If the price works, we then are lined up with our money. And we go ahead and close on the property and then start the rehab. Once the rehab is done, we resell the property for a profit. Awesome. Um, yeah, short sales are, are, I mean, we could talk for hours and hours about them. But in a nutshell, it's get the property approved at a price, go through escrow and title and sell it. Perfect. Right. Perfect. Right. As you said, the, the, the linchpin on, on value is, is making sure that the, 
appraisers have all the information because they're not a home inspector. They're not going to crawl up into the attic and they're not going to test every light switch and they're not going to you know, pull up and get an engineering report. You have to do that for them. That, that really is the key. And that's the only way the bank is going to know about any of that stuff because that person is representing them. So correct. One yes. thing I do want to point out for anybody listening is there's a difference between just making an offer on a house that is a short sell. If you're just going to make an offer on a house, you know, simply make the offer. Don't worry about all these steps we're talking about. But if you are going to work directly with the seller and they're going to call you directly, then there's a few more steps that you're going to need to go through. Oh, that's right. And even if you're making offers and people say, well, my offers aren't getting accepted. Everybody's coming in higher. And I'll tell you, we're almost always the lowest offer, even if it's um, coming through an MLS listing. What we're usually when we're making an offer, say to an MLS listing, we're not even going after that particular house. We're going after the relationship. I mean, if we if our offer gets accepted in that house, great. But what we're doing is not just doing an offer out there and then just sitting back saying, please pick me, please pick me. I know I'm the lowest one. I haven't given you any good reason, but you know, you should like my name and take my offer. <laughs> yeah. We're calling them up. We're you know, writing emails and we're explaining who we are. Uh, we're, we're connecting with them on like, you know, what their first reaction is like, I know this looks low. And, but we explain to them our process and how we approach it. And really we're selling ourselves in our process and getting it done. And more often than not, we get rejected, but people hang on to us and they come back around to us after they've like had three buyers fall out or they have their next one that looks like it's going to be a tough deal. And that's what we're, that, again, it's, it's creating that initial relationship. You want to hold on to that. That is great advice. In fact, I'm writing down the time during the segment and I'm going to send this to my assistant. And that in and of itself was worth this whole interview just for me. So I appreciate that, guys. <laughs> oh, you're welcome. And I know we were going to talk about subject twos, and this kind of leads into the subject twos. It's Go all about it. relationship building. It's all about solving people's problems. And people will trade equity for peace of mind all day long. And if you can go in there and you can find somebody who has a mortgage for 4% with 25 years left over on it, but they've moved out, they've had a couple of tenants in it, maybe wrecked the house, um, they're tired of it. They don't want to be landlords. So we'll go in, we'll solve their problem, we'll give them maybe some incentive somehow, and take over their existing mortgage, subject to is what it's called. And that's the subject to. Isn't that right? When I first heard the word subject to my first seminar, I was like, what's that mean? I'm so confused. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's important to make a distinction between taking a loan subject to and assuming a loan. So a lot of people think, oh, you're assuming the loan. Well, the bank won't allow you to do that, and I can't qualify for that. You know, some loans will have a one-time assumption written into it. And basically, if you're assuming somebody's loan, you're swapping out your name for theirs, and you actually have to qualify for that loan. And the bank's going to analyze you and decide if they want you to be their borrower. Subject to, there's some major trust factor between that seller and, between, and you as the investor both ways. Their name stays on that loan. Okay, so you're basically you're taking over responsibility for making payments on that loan, but they are still on the hook. Their name is still on on it, so they're trusting you as the investor to make that payment. They control the house, right? And you as the investor control the house. So there's some mutual trust going on there, and there's different ways to set that up. Um, you know, if you kind of look at it from you know if you were a lawyer or or a mediator. Um, You've got the, the seller that's giving you the house and trusting you to make payments. They're like, well, how do, you, how do they know you're going to make the payment? If you miss it and that 
lender forecloses on a house and they got a foreclosure on their record or they're, they've got a, um, somebody going after them, you know, with a collection. Um, if you, as the investor, take the house and you make, you give them money to pay the loan, well, you as the investor, you're trusting that person to make payments. And if they don't, you're going to lose the house that you invested on, right? So, so there's different ways to set that up. We can go into that maybe somewhere else, but, but that's kind of the trust relationship that you've got to get past on it. And Daryl talked about equity, but, uh, this works on upside down houses as well. Uh, we've done it on a house where we can cash flow it or get it to cover the nut. Um, knowing that it's at the bottom of the market wow. right now. And that loan's low enough that, Hey, in three years, this could be a great deal. Uh, you just want to know that renting it out is going to make sense based on what the monthly payments are. For sure. And I always tell people, you know, I don't care really if I'm not huge on rentals is house flipping HQ after all. But <laughs> if someone were to give me, you know, 1% financing or 0% financing, I don't really care what I pay for the house. If I have a huge um, cash flow, then it doesn't really matter. And it's hard for people to grasp that. So that's well, and you bring up a good point, you know, and, and actually we, we've used subject to on flips. Uh, yep. You don't have to come in you know, with all your cash and park it or get hard money at 10 or 12 percent. If somebody's got something at 6 percent, you know, even if it's uh, you're buying this thing for 200 and the loan is for 250. So it's upside down. There's no equity. But, you know, after you fix it, it's going to be worth, you know, 375 like, hey, their monthly payments on that loan, if I can take it subject to, and they're willing to let me do that for four months while I fix up this house, great. Yep. So yep. it's kind of a, we do a lot of hybrid deals. I mean, we're talking subject to, but that's kind of like a seller finance, subject to, short sale, for flip. Sure. I mean, <laughs> there's a lot of combinations that come into our business now. We actually just closed on a deal that we're buying, and the deal didn't make sense with what she owed on it. But we were able to take over her financing subject to, which it was it was close. It was tight. But that saved us about $15,000 in financing exactly. and allowed us to do the deal. So it's Yeah, fantastic. we've done it on ones that would have been tight otherwise. You know, and that's one way that we sold it. Same thing. Right. Um, I mean, even two years ago in San Alijo Hills, I mean, real nice house. We said, look, the only way this is going to work at your numbers is if we take over the payments on that loan. Because if we buy it the way we normally buy it, there's the margins too thin. So it's a way to make it work for both sides. That's awesome. So just to make sure people are listening 100% understand, a lot of times people will come to me and they say, hey, I don't have money. I don't know how to, how do I buy houses? And I, you know, on my blog, I've talked all the ways that you can buy houses with money. Subject to means you don't have to come up with the money. You're going- Yes and no. Well, okay, go ahead. Expound. Okay. Most subject to situations that we come across, people have fallen behind for whatever, even if they have equity, uh, you know, somebody's passed away, lost a job. And so there may, but it's less money. So we okay. might be coming up with 10 or 20 grand to stop a foreclosure process and bring that current. The thing is though, it doesn't, it doesn't have to be your money. Exactly. So if you come across a deal and you need ten or twenty thousand dollars that you may not have, but it's a subject to, or it's a deal that that's worth. Give one of us a give Justin a call. Give us a call, and we'll partner. We'll come in with the cash, and and because you brought the deal, we might be able to split it with you fifty fifty. Yeah, the, sure. the best way to do uh, no money down deals is to use somebody else's money. Even wholesaling, for instance. I mean, you, to, to get a property 
to where it's, it's a big enough margin that it's worried that you're leaving enough meat on the bone. I, I this is kind of my beef with a lot of wholesalers. They don't leave anything on there. Um, <laughs> You're like, well, how do you get your price? I could wholesale if I got your prices. How'd you do that? You say, well, maybe we actually spent 800 bucks up front on some inspections <laughs> to yeah. help negotiate. Yeah. There may be a little bit of money that goes into it. For so sure. it, For it, sure. zero money in, um, I, it exists, but really have some budget or find somebody with some money and partner with them and don't be so hung up on sharing profits when that's what you're going to get education, you're going to make money, it's going to get you started. I mean, Daryl and I did the same thing. We partnered and shared with Absolutely. people to get to where we are. And I did the same thing when I first started. I, I hooked up with the, this gal who was really good at short sales. And I said, look, the first four houses, I'm going to give you 50%. The next four, I'm going to give you 25%. And I think it was like 10% on the next four. It was just just for her. And that was like kind of our agreement, you know, just for her to kind of be there and walk me through. And it ended up being... I just kind of took off and I was able to help her after I had, she helped me. I was able to help her streamline even more. So it really worked out well. That, so. In fact, that's, we don't sell books and tapes. What we sell is uh, partnerships. If people want to learn how we operate in our, in our office, we're like, that's fine. Come in here. You'll learn the ropes. We'll send you out there to, to, to you know, work. go to work and get, get some deals on the hook. And we'll hold your hand through it and it'll start off. We've got a tiered system, just, you know, a, a referral. If you just want to walk away from it at 10%, 25 or third up to 50 when you're doing all the heavy lifting and just depending on some for money. Well, that's a great way to learn. Love it. And I know I was going to mention this at the end, but how can someone get a hold of you guys if, if they're interested in uh, doing something like that? Uh, we don't exist. <laughs> <laughs> you can find us at kucanandclark.com and I'll spell that. K-U-C-A-N and Clark, A-N-D-C-L-A-R-K. And that's our main website. There's a little bit of information on there about short sales. Uh, you can also just Google San Diego Investment Club, Phoebe, and that stands for For Investors by Investors. And that'll hook you up with uh, the Meetup website and uh, you can get registered. There's uh, a lot of material on that website as well. And I believe it's under the, there's a tab that says more, something like that. Uh, click down in there. Once you're, once you're a member, you have access to all the, all the uh, old videos uh, that we've done in the past with our guest speakers. There's a lot of material in there, um, a lot of education. So definitely check us out there. You can find us on Facebook if you want to just uh, Google Kukin and Clark. Um, same thing, San Diego Investment Club. You can find us there on Facebook. Uh, okay. We're all over the place. We'll, we'll so put just, that all in the show notes as well. So if you just, if anyone goes to our website, houseflippinghq.com, uh, go to the podcast section, you'll find this podcast and uh, we'll have all those links in there as well. So Exactly. Um, now, what I love, I mean, you've talked about partnerships and you mentioned the club, which we're going to dive into right now. And a lot of times people ask me, Justin, are you crazy? Why are you giving away all this information? Why are you sharing all this knowledge? Aren't you worried about your trade secrets and people stealing what you do? And what I have found, and this is probably the number one reason why I am giving away all this information that I could potentially be like the other sharks out there and sell for $25,000 is because, you know, if I'm able to help other people and at the end of the day, um, it comes back. I mean, and I'm not talking about some weird universe thing and it's voodoo, something crazy. I mean, literally, like you get your name out there, you help other people. And 
I end up buying more houses and I end up yeah. um, raising more capital to run my business. And I end up rubbing shoulders with guys like you. And you know what? I don't care if someone learns and they don't end up working with me. That's fine. I don't care. I mean, maybe down the road, there'll be a colleague or whatever. But in the end, it always ends up being better. At least that's what I found. So couldn't have said it better ourselves. We agree 100 percent. I mean, that's the same exact reason why we decided to, you know, take over the San Diego Investment Club and put a lot of energy and time into making sure that our guests and other people that we work with more of an education. And when I say that, I mean, literally for free. I mean, we'll, we'll bring people in and I know we can't explain or you can't explain your entire business and how you do your thing all in an hour. But you can sure get a lot out there and you can make that connection as well as, as a speaker. Uh, we do the same thing. We want to give and give and give because we know at the end it's going to allow us to buy more houses and eventually make more money and make better connections, period. For yeah, sure. I couldn't, couldn't agree more. You know, like you said, it's, it's not just some kind of weird live universe. Like, you know, I, I mean, it, it comes back to you in very real, tangible ways and, and really quick. So I just, this club is being a part of it. When we were just members, we weren't running it. Um, we got so much out of it just by showing up and by talking and networking with people. I mean, how many combining deals, people that helped us on ours or we helped them on theirs or somebody needed money or we needed money. Oh, uh, even in situations where we're into so many houses and, and then some new opportunities come and right. Holy smokes. You know, we can't even make payroll next month because we just <laughs> went ahead and we bought everything we could find. And, and we go, well, we just put it out there in the universe. We, and, and it shows up, but it's yeah. because of the people. I like dying yeah. for dollars. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Now and, oh, go ahead. Oh, like, you know, no matter how much technical information and, and how to, people give or we give, and this works the other way. I mean, I, I, there are people that they run strategies different from ours that look really cool. And like, geez, you know, I think I can do that. And I really get what they're saying. But when it comes down to it, when, when you're, you get into the game and feet on the ground, there's nothing like having a, a mentor or a coach that's already been through it to kind of walk you through the process. It's like, okay, I read the instruction manual, sure. but let me see you work it. And, uh, and so we partner with folks on, on new types of deals that we haven't done before and, yep. and people come to us. So give them the information because now you got a better partner. Totally. They've heard the information. Yeah. 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 Now you're not talking about a mentor or coach that's going to charge you $20,000 and doesn't really do the business, right? Just no, clarifying. No, I'm, I'm talking like, <laughs> hey, hey, you know, maybe, maybe I haven't, uh, you know, flipped notes before, right? Yeah. But I've just come across a great opportunity, you know, and I, I've seen a couple of uh, folks that do come to these clubs and teach it and say, Hey, I've got this. Uh, if you think this looks like a great opportunity, I, you know what? I'd be willing to split this deal with me. If you would come on and, and I can watch you do it and you kind of co and I'll take on whatever heavy lifting you want me to, but, but let me be a part of it with you. So, you know, and they're, they're willing to do it. Yeah, absolutely. I, and I, I couldn't agree more. The partnerships and relationships I've met at these clubs are phenomenal. So Okay, so let's say I'm in an area, let's say I'm, I don't live near San Diego or all the other great clubs that we know that we have here in Southern California. What would be a good way that someone can go about trying to find a club? And number two, once they have found a club, how can they identify, you know, what I would refer to as the Shark Tank clubs or and I'm not talking about the TV show, but, you know, a Shark Tank club or a pitch club where they're trying to sell you everything under the sun versus a legitimate, very educational, real life club like like you guys run. 
Well, you know, that's it. It's well, first you, Google's a great tool. Google, you know, investment clubs near whatever town you live in, uh, more likely than not, there's going to be several. Go ahead and look into it. Um, if they ask you to bring a credit card to the club, that's <laughs> okay. probably not a good idea. Leave your credit cards at home. You know, they're really good salespeople up there for those types of clubs. So my suggestion is, hey, you know what? Go ahead and go to those clubs. You can get a little bit of information out of it. Okay. More than that, though, you want to go to the clubs to connect with the other people that are in the audience. Again, leave your credit cards at home because they will try to sell you something. And don't, However, really, I'm going to interject really quick. There's nothing wrong with a good educator. Well, you should charge for certain services. But there's a difference between someone who's not doing the business and is charging you $1,000 to go to this next seminar to charge you 20000 to go to this one versus someone who's going to charge you a few hundred bucks to go to a great seminar that you've heard from others is, is really good and you know they're doing the business, you know they're the real deal. That's a totally different situation. Right. right. If they have it to offer, but they're not there to basically net a whole bunch of clients. They're there to share. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I, I think the difference is... The speakers that we provide to our club are people that are actually doing the business for a living. For they're sure. up there, they're in the game, and they're more than happy to share with everybody their business and, and what they're doing. Now, the other clubs, what they are is they're sales guys up there that have never, ever bought or sold a house before. So those are, I guess those are the two distinctions that you really need to be looking for. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that, that's exactly it. Um, uh, one, are they trying to sell you all the time? And like you said, there's nothing wrong with having something for sale. I mean, every, these are all entrepreneurs and businessmen. Um, time is money. Uh, you know, they may have, have put together seminars or books, and and, and that's all fine. Mm -hmm. But that's not their primary source of income. You want to go to a club where um, it's got experienced investors that that are doing what it is that you're looking to do. So whether it's real estate or whatever else, but in this case, real estate. So you want to see that. It's got a good mix. It's got a lot of new people. It's got a lot of people just in the business. So you got all your title reps. You've got all your your lenders. You know, it, it attracts all these folks. You know, and then it's got your people that have been doing this for like five or ten or twenty, thirty years, and they're willing to come and they keep coming back because if they keep coming back, you know, it's a high quality group. So yeah, just make sure that that people are practicing what they preach. You know, it comes down to it. Also look for the clubs that um, it's not just all about how to's like how to wholesale or how to, you know, subject to's or how to do short sales. As a real estate investor, you're not just a real estate investor, you're a business owner. Right. So you're going to want um, somebody from legal. So you're going to want a lawyer up there talking about maybe ways to avoid certain situations so you don't have to, you know, lose a house. Or you may want uh, to see, you know, we invite a well-rounded club. Uh, a well-rounded club. We invite, for example, Mark Kohler to our club to speak about tax strategies and legal strategies. And, you know, in just one class, in one hour, he was able to save people four or six, eight thousand dollars. That's awesome. You know, for fourteen bucks at the door. So it, it really, really pays off. Yeah, and I, I, I might say to folks, because there's some people there there might not be a club to go to or or, or any club. Um I know. Yeah, you start your own. Exactly. Awesome. No reason why you can't get onto Meetup or you know, Google or Craigslist. You know, that's that's where you're gonna any any good club that's promoting itself. You'll find pretty quick. And if it doesn't exist, 
Start your own. And who cares if you don't know a ton about real estate investing? Just by bringing people together and networking with them and talking, you will eventually do what I do. I, I don't know where I got this from, but I call it climb the networking ladder. And over yeah. time, you'll learn yeah. more and you'll add value to them. And you'll be able to network with the, the individuals who maybe have had a little more success as you as you continue to grow and learn. So it, just just get going. Take action. Massive action. This whole business is like that in, in sort of every area. The networking, uh, the, the marketing yourself. Or It's funny. I was thinking about this. It's like there, there's stuff like in our first few months that we used to do and, you know, whether it's putting out signs and sending out letters, for instance, like not working, it's not working, it's not working. And all of a sudden it is working. What am I doing different? I'm not sure, but I, I'm putting some kind of, I'm imprinting some kind of energy. I'm in a different place now. And a piece of me goes out with whatever that is. It, it's almost like you, putting your time in and things sure. start to, to work for you and work more. Imprinting and, and you're like, what am I doing different now? Sometimes I'm not sure, but now it's working when it didn't. Have you been just watching Twilight imprinting? Okay, that's just yeah, weird. Right. <laughs> Maybe we should delete this part out. Of your own little energy we'll delete this part out. We don't, we don't want people to well, think that we watch that show, right? <laughs> well, no, I, oh, yeah, I don't know. Is that, is that poltergeist or something? No, no. <laughs> but, uh, but it really does just come down to your own personal you know, mindset. And I think, uh, you know, oh, it's just like dating, right? If you're, if you're desperate, the, uh, the other party will pick up on that. Nothing works. I mean, there's yeah, an energy sure. that we put out there. So. Okay. Yeah, mindset's uh, huge. Personal development, and, and I can't forget to mention that. A lot of our success wasn't because, I mean, a lot of it was because we took action. Um, we never gave up. We overcame obstacles. But what allowed me, and probably Imran as well, is in order to overcome those obstacles, in order to you know get where we're going, is because of the personal development we've gone through. And I suggest everybody go out there and, and whether you get a coach or whatever, also do some research, read some books on some personal development as well. It'll help change your mindset. It'll help keep you going. Awesome. Yeah, I was, uh, that was something I wanted to, to touch on is so important uh, to this, this business is that mindset that getting that personal development is go out there and get a coach. <sighs> I can't emphasize enough. If you get a really good coach um, for for business and personal development and mindset, you will you will cut years off of <laughs> off of your journey. You know, it just just somebody. Um, I, we'll go ahead and promote somebody that, that we're bringing to the club. I, I think it's in March of 2014, named uh, Jeffrey Combs. Uh, we look both, yeah, look him up. He's kind of if I were to describe him. He's like Tony Robbins on caffeine, you know, <laughs> and they're different personalities out. I've, I've been with uh, a few different coaches actually, and, and they've all been tremendous. And, and I've gotten so much for, for different reasons, but Jeffrey is so, so powerful and I can't wait to share him. Awesome. I just one hour with him is going to change everybody in the room. I mean, that's how incredible he is. So I will be there. You sold me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, even so many, you know, Justin, you're, you're, you're super experienced. You've got the mindset. You've already got this incredible business going. I guarantee just that one hour night, that one hour evening, you're going to see a very significant increase in your business in the next month, just because of what you bring out of that room into your business. I, Maybe I, I, I shouldn't I'll go. You, I'll give you your 14 bucks back. <laughs> My poor wife. Yeah. <laughs> Anytime I, I read a good book or go to a good meeting, I come home and she's like, yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh, no yeah. more. <laughs> I always, I really guarantee anything. Slow down, slow down. Guarantee on. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, we, 
kind of coming short on time. I, I don't mean to backtrack, but really quickly, we, we talked about short sales and subject twos. Uh, what is the one thing, the quickest thing someone can possibly do to try to find a deal like this? Let's just touch base on it. Later on, I may ask you, maybe I'll catch you on the spot here. Maybe I'll have you do like a blog post where we can really line item um, how to go about one of these processes or maybe both of these processes. But for now, just look, give us an idea of how someone would go about trying to acquire one of these deals. Well, I, I think what's called a 30 second elevator pitch is going to be your uh, best bet. So while you're out and about standing in line at the grocery store, who, whomever you come in contact with, let every single person that you talk to know what you do and work on that 30 second elevator pitch. And it's as simple as, you know, I help homeowners uh, out of foreclosure. I specialize in short sales. Um, it could be something to that effect. Or I know somebody, you know, if you're really so new. Um, and we actually, backtracking to Deborah and Misha, when we got started doing our very first short sale, we rode their uh, shoulders and we used their story and used them as a reference to give us credibility. Awesome, yeah. <laughs> Everybody knows somebody. Right. So... And I almost guarantee in this kind of market, everybody knows somebody that needs help. Okay. So that's where I would start. Um, I understand you might be in foreclosure. Hey, I, I work with a great team of people. And then you can either partner with us or take it on yourself. Build your own team and take it on yourself. For sure. Or if you're, really, not, if you're not in Southern California, you can um, contact a local short sale expert and partner with them and say, hey, that's what this business is all about. People don't understand how I can how I can buy a hundred houses a year and work on my house flipping business about one to two hours a day on average, and and do so many deals. And the truth is, yeah, like you said, relationships. But I just take every single piece of my company and I think, okay, this person can do this. I'll have this person do this. So it's just like you're saying, you just have to be the one to put it all together. Really, is what it comes down to. That, that's right. And finding your, you know, everybody. That's a very common question we get. Well, you know, how do I find a deal? I can't find a deal. How do you guys find deals? What's the quickest way to find a deal? Yep. It's like, oh, well, well, I, 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 yeah, I, I think people are looking for the wrong thing. One, they're looking for houses. So what you're looking for, you're, you're looking for people. It's, you're, you know, everybody knows, like every, every dud knows a stud. There's, <laughs> that's one of my favorite sayings. But everybody, you know, everybody's got a brother or a mother or a friend that's going through, or a coworker that's going through some situation. So keep connecting with people, put the word out there, and then stop looking for a deal. I, we've almost never found a deal. Never You're looking for opportunities. And, and people turn so much away because they say, well, that's not a deal. That's not a deal. They want this. They want that's not a deal. It's like, no, no, no. Get the conversation started and then create the deal. I like that. Most deals are created. Yeah, I've heard good, most good deals are created, not not found yeah. or yeah. if I'm saying yeah. that right. So <laughs> yeah, 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 it's exactly it. Yeah, I love people will sometimes call me and they're like, I've got a deal for you. And I'm like, okay, tell me the details. How much does it cut? Uh, is I it don't know. Contract? <laughs> I don't know, but I saw it. I drove by and it, it just, there's a house there and looks like it'd yeah. be a good deal. I'm like, okay, you know, it's, you found who, a piece of dirt with sticks on it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> uh, love it. Find people that, and find we all, the people find the opportunities. That's great guys. Well, I mean, you guys have shared with us a phenomenal amount of uh, of information and education. We are all better off because of it. Um, I'm really looking forward to speaking next month. I better get going on my presentation. I'm, I'm kind of ready. We'll 
it'll, it'll be good. <laughs> I'm sure it will. <laughs> but if, if anyone is uh, in the area in San Diego or Southern California area, come, you know, come check it out. You'll be able to hear, meet us all, um, in person. And I'm just going to go through and lay out how I've created my house flipping business and, um, not, not leave anything out. I won't leave until all the questions are answered. No, I'm not saying you like, like you guys mentioned that you're going to leave and bam, you're going to be ready for everything. But I guarantee you'll leave with a better understanding of what you need to do to go out and do the same thing. So that's the goal. And we're looking forward to it as well. And it's uh, November 7th. It's at 6 p.m. at the Del Mar Hilton. So hopefully people that uh, have day jobs will still allow them time to come out and uh, see us all. Justin probably won't get going until 7. Right. So uh, actually the meeting starts at, at 7, but we, we meet at 6 because what we like to do, and again, going back to networking, we network from 6 till 7. And then after the meeting is over, after the club is over at 9 p.m., we do more networking. We've made hundreds of thousands of dollars just by networking at these clubs. I, and, I believe it. You know, we'll stay till 11 or 12. People are there till you know 12 o'clock asking us questions. We stick around. We, we, you know, we love to help out. Love it, guys. Well, I cannot thank you enough. Um, in closing, give us one last piece of advice that you would give to any investor looking, any new investor, someone looking to get started in this business or someone who wants to take it to the next level. My one piece of advice is take massive action. Don't let anybody tell you that you can't, including yourself. Love yourself, it. Yourself, Dr. Important. Love it, guys. Thank you so much. We'll see Thank you November Justin. 7th. And until then, uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thank you, Justin. Thanks, Justin. Wow, what a great interview. I'm feeling really inspired right now. I'll, I'll be honest, it didn't go exactly the direction I had planned it to go. I thought we would dive into a little more on the exact details of short sales and how to do a subject to deal. But honestly, I mean, hearing about their story and where they came from and where they're at right now, to me, I mean, that's really what it takes. When you hear a story like that and you realize what can be done in this business and you get that fire, you're going to make it happen. You're going to put the pieces together. You're going to go to the meetings, to the clubs. You're going to continue reading uh, websites like House Hoping HQ. You're going to ask the questions and you're going to make it happen. So I'm just super glad that I had the opportunity to do that interview and go make it happen. I mean, you can make this happen. So once again, as always, you know, go to the website, House Flipping HQ. Let us know any questions you have. We're more than happy to answer those for you. You can find the show notes under the podcast section under, it'll probably be under Kukin and Clark Partners, uh, episode four. And we'll have all the details and all the links right there where you can easily access it. Once again, head over to iTunes, leave us an honest rating and review, subscribe to the show, share it with everyone else. We really appreciate it. And we will see you on the flip side. This has been the House Flipping HQ podcast. Your ultimate house flipping resource for intelligent real estate investing and financial freedom. Check out amazing tutorials, blogs, how-tos, and other inspiring podcasts with house flipping experts at houseflippinghq.com. Houseflippinghq.com.